From the Over the Top Studios in Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. What a couple of great guests we have for you today. We've got Adam Mills, cycling coach extraordinaire, and Alex Hohen, the new U23 national champion, joining us. Adam, Alex, thanks so much for uh, coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So let's start out with the two of you. I'd, I'd really like to kind of get out of this and just hear how you came up with your plan and your preparation for the U23 championships. Adam, let's start with you. Sure. So uh, the U23 national championships is, it's a, the epitome of, of what I would just say, like a, a one day epic race, like right up there with uh, some of the best stuff North America has to offer. Um, and in that regard, you have to be able to ride hard for, for four hours or more, like minimum of four hours. And so uh regarding this this one day effort you know we were we were in essence training for a big day that's a hard ride and um and i guess the other component of this is <clears throat> alice's decision making process in the races has to be not flawless because that doesn't really exist but also not not so flawed that it affects his race um and and Honestly, like we've also just been working towards his really big late season goals, which are this tour of Utah, Colorado Classic, and and now we just had one more added, and and I'll let Alex talk about that. But uh, so we've been doing a, a number of big rides, hard efforts early, hard efforts late, because that seems to be how the the one day races go down, and then Alex is putting together the. The, the physical tools are there, and that's 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 easy for me as a coach. Um, but the learning process of making good decisions all day long is something that Alex had to learn because he's he's pretty new into the sport, and luckily has a great team and a great director with Mike Creed and the Evolo team to to help him with like race time strategy and tactics. Alex, your thoughts. <laughs> Uh, just on preparation uh, for these races, basically, with Ad I mean, everything Adam had to say was I mean, spot on. We've been doing really long rides, interval, intervals early, intervals late, and uh, it really just uh, comes down to what Adam said, um, race time decisions. Like, you got to make those uh, split-second decisions to get yourself in breaks, and uh, you have to know not necessarily every single name in the race but you have to know the big teams and maybe one or two riders on those big teams and so that to narrow that down it really makes it easy to look out for who's in those breaks and so when you get in those breaks you, you can see okay if there's guys from every single big team this this break has a you know 80 percent chance of surviving if it's got one of the big teams and three big teams are left out you know maybe 10 to 15 percent chance just because you know, the big teams are not going to let that go without them. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, basically all, you know, uh, looking at the rosters, uh, looking at, um, what these big, uh, these other big names in the races have done pr in previous races is was another part of my preparation for this race. So not only do I train physically, but, uh, I train, 
uh, and I study. I study the race, which is really important uh, to know who these guys are, what they've done in the past, what their strengths and weaknesses are. And essentially, it'll help you make a race time decision of whether you can beat them in a sprint or whether you have to drop them and go solo because you know they'll beat you. So that's really, really important as well. So many questions for you, Alex. It really sounds like you went into this with a goal of winning. Absolutely. <laughs> so this is, you know, probably not my uh, most favorite favorite race, you know, uh, as far as the climbing goes, because I'm I'm more of a climber GC rider, and this was more or less, you know, uh, the the elite men race came down to a fifty man field sprint so that kind of gave you a somewhat of an indication of what how the race was shaping uh, and how it will shape for most races and so i was like oh man this is going to be a hard one to win knowing that i can't out sprint you know seven people here uh so yeah that was it, it was a good race though i was definitely coming into the race wanting to win and we we did just that Adam, listening to Alex, I mean, you were saying that he hadn't really been in cycling that long. I'm wondering how, I mean, first of all, he sounds extremely mature for a U23. I'm really thinking about the mental aspect. There's no communication going on. He's got to be aware of so many things. How did you work with him to get him mentally prepared for this? So I've known, I've known Alex for a handful of years. Uh, we were introduced um, via a mutual friend um, out of, he lives in Denver, maybe Longmont. Um, his name is Phil Groniger, and he introduced me to, to Alex yeah. and to Alex's family. And, and at the time, Alex was too, too young to really be able to kind of participate in the program that, that I was heading at the, at the time. Um, that was the what beyond became what went to become elevate KHS cycling now. So I'm, I'm removed from that program, but I still help to get it where it is. Um, the next year, uh, you know, Alex kind of, kind of caught my attention with a performance in tour of the Gila. And so that's when we started getting more involved and, uh, I started working with him more closely, but, but you're right. He didn't know a whole lot. And so from my perspective, uh, I have to not teach him, uh, you know, if this, then that kind of scenarios, but teach him more strategy. Um, and Alex comes from a hockey background. And so being coached and having someone explain to you why you're doing what you're doing has always been part of his sporting nature. And, and he's very coachable. So he'll, he'll, I mean, he's, he's young and we've all made bonehead maneuvers and races, but then when you explain it to him, he listens and it makes sense. And then that's a, that's an error you don't see again. And if you do, it's, you know, it's just cause he didn't really have much of a choice given the situation. But, um, but that is, that's kind of how we've, we've developed. And I've always challenged him to do things like, Hey, you, you have that start list roster. So let's look up, let's look at the USA cycling race predictor uh, and let's look up the top 15 guys and see what they've done um, and see what kind of riders they are and, and you know, go from there. And, and a lot of this stuff, like the radios, you see the riders online, like that, that, those are good. They definitely help you. 
they're more effective at giving you time gaps and telling you like sharp corner coming up or obstruction in the roads, you know, back off or whatever, like from a safety aspect, they're not good at telling you like mark this move right now because the director's in the car. They can't, if you're further back than car three, you can't really see anyway. Um, and you can never see the front of the race because you're behind the, the peloton. So these individual like tactical decisions of do you go in this breakaway or do you not? Or do you go in the breakaway and see if it could work and then go from there? And that's all stuff Alex has learned and done really well. And, and I'm not the only one helping him. Again, his his team helps him. And um, the director from there, Mike Creed, has a, has, has a history of doing fantastic stuff with programs. So um, you have to give him a lot of credit also. Alex, it's Alex. so refreshing to hear of someone who is so coachable. Uh, it doesn't sound like you let your ego get into the way when you're learning. No, no, no. Yeah, no. I, yeah, no. I I definitely, you know, know when I make mistakes, and I made plenty of mistakes in cycling and in hockey, and, you know, growing up being coached, like Adam said, you know, it has definitely... Uh, made me know where my place is and know when I've messed up. And yeah, so no, not at all. So Adam, there are so few stars and stripes winners out there. What was it like for you to have Alex uh, approach you and say, you know, Adam, I really want to go into this with the goal of winning. Uh, I mean, and that's, that's the Alex part of it where we get along pretty well is I don't think Alex wanted to admit to himself hundred percent that it was a winnable race. I think he wanted to stand behind the I'm training for Utah and Colorado veil a little bit longer. So to give himself the out. And I think, I think he started looking at the rosters and, and, and I talked to him a little bit and his dad probably talked to him and, and his director probably talked to him and, and convinced him like, this is a winnable race. It's very winnable for him. And, and so I think it, it was, is not not it wasn't something on the radar on January one, but I think when it got there, he focused really well and just making sure that was a solid day for him. Now, Alex, I want to really hear your description of the race, and I'd love for you to start by telling us what was your mental state when you went into this, uh, feeling a lot of pressure, uh, nervous. What was it like for you? Uh so. I get I get nervous when I get into big races like Nationals, Utah, and Colorado. But you know, our director talked to us, you know, a lot through the day and you know the evening before. And going into it, like we we just had to had to race. You know, there was there was no pressure. I mean, of course there was there was pressure, and people were looking at us, and everyone was knowing like, oh hey, Bolo's there. They're gonna they're gonna have to win, or they're not gonna. You know, they brought so many guys. You know, blah blah blah. But, you know, for me, there wasn't a whole lot of pressure. I was, you know, going out there to race my bike, and that's what I love to do. And when it comes down to it, you know, you can race your bike, and you can do as best you can. You follow the team orders, and you get in breaks, and you just race. So, I mean, no, there wasn't an extreme amount of pressure. Now, when I was in the break, and the uh, they stopped the race, that, you know, that kind of got a little more tricky. I was like, oh, man not sure what's going to happen after this, you know, whoa, 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 whoa. you were in a break and they stopped the race. 
Oh, okay, yeah. So we were racing for about three hours. Um, I was our whole team was covering moves uh, left and right. We were always making sure uh, Evola guys were in the move, and uh, we were basically racing for a sprint, a sprint, a sprint finish. So we were going to be like, okay, guys, you know, you go, you attack, and if you really want to break, you can make it work. You can work. You can make it. You know, you can establish it. But we have two of the best U23 sprinters in the country. We are not, we are totally fine with the field sprint. You know, that was kind of like a bluff going into the race. And so getting into the break, finally, about maybe two and a half, three hours in, uh, it started raining and, you know, everyone races in the rain. It's not bad. We were fine. And then like all of a sudden after the third lap, though, the fourth lap, they stopped the race. They had lightning concerns for the race. They were all around the course and they... Yeah, they basically just stopped the race and told us to go back to the start-finish, and they'll let us know when we can start again. But by that time, it was like monsoon raining. Like, it was just dumping rain, lightning everywhere. It was nuts. So, yeah, this is the weirdest race I've ever been in. And uh, they kept pushing it back and back and back, you know. 20 more minutes, we'll make an update. 20 more minutes, we'll make an update. 30 more minutes, we'll make an update. So finally, about 45, 50 minutes, maybe an hour. I can't remember how long we waited, uh, but it was a while. And so I was like, man, I wonder how my legs are going to react to this. I've never stopped racing and then raced again. It was almost like a mini double day in a in a way. It was the weirdest thing. And uh, yeah, there was, you know, eight guys in the break. We went back on the line and they gave us a minute gap going uh, from the start finish area. And uh, yeah, well, I won't finish the whole story if you have some more questions, but that was the, Oh, I want to hear the whole story. Kind of story. <laughs> okay. All so right. Let me, let okay, me jump so. in. I'm going to jump yeah, in. Yeah. Say the, uh, the, the stoppage time for that race was almost two hours. And that's, well, that's, really? yeah. Wow. I, according to your power file, it was almost two hours. Man. Yeah. So, you know, everyone is tired after that two hour break. Everyone just wants to shut their legs down and, and, uh, you, you have to be mentally, you know, focused and you have to be making sure you eat the right amount of food and what food to eat before the race starts. You can have the biggest advantage going into the second part of the race, I guess you can say. And, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, so I actually was texting Adam during that break, which was really funny. I was like, Adam, are you kidding this? I'm, I'm racing nationals and the, we, we had to stop. And I was texting him about that. And he's like, yeah, I'm getting updates on Twitter or whatever. So it was really funny. And, uh, he was giving the information and he was helping me quite a bit about, um, what to do for eating and, and stuff like that. So, uh, just, you know, the, what what to eat right before how much caffeine how much time before you know so that all helped going back into the race and so we start racing there's uh eight of us i believe and two of us are not working anymore because the other guy who was in the 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 two teammates that were in the break one of them was doing all the work for his teammate because they believed that they had the best shot at winning because there was only one avolo guy in this break of eight instead of the six, seven behind me 
that would probably do really well if it came down to a field sprint. So they were definitely gunning for the break. And uh, so it came around the last, you know, I'm, I'm waiting. My director's like, Alex, you got to go soon, man. The team's on the front. They're chasing the break back. Uh, so, yeah, they put the team on the front to chase the break back because the odds for us were not great. So that was smart by our team uh, to essentially pull the break back and go for a field sprint because, you know, it's hard to put all your eggs in one rider, all your all eggs in one basket. Uh, so they did that. Our break still had a 25, 30 second lead with about 10 K to go. And I was waiting. So I knew the moment I had to attack was this one uphill that I've been reconning day after day before the race. And I was like, this is the spot I have to go. You know, there's no steeper part in the section of this course. And that was about 5K to go. And a couple K before that, I put in some big attacks to soften the field up a little, see who can come with me, see who's, see who's you know, doing okay. And I, I brought it down to three riders. It was me and two other riders. And we go up the last climb that I'm, like, you know, waiting for. We take turns pulling, and I'm at the back, and I pick my moment and just hard. Uh, and they couldn't follow the acceleration. One of them was working all day. So I'm sure he was extremely tired. Uh, and the other one wasn't able to hang as well. And so I looked back after I turned right up the hill and it kicked up again. And I, so I had to give it another, you know, effort to make sure the gap was really going to stick. Uh, and I looked back and I think I had like eight, nine seconds on them. And, uh, you know, I had one thing I had to do and that was just to time trial all the way home with about 4k to go and never looked back from there. And at what point did you think I've got this? Oh man. So I did not look back with 3k, 2k to go. So I was like, man, they could be right on my tail or they could be way back. And I don't even care at this point. I'm going to go as hard as I can go. And if they can catch me going as hard as I can go, then they deserve to win this race. But if they can't, then, you know, I'm going to leave them and I'm going to drop them hard. So probably my coach was, uh, or sorry, my director was uh, on the radio talking to me about, you know, just really encouraging me, you know, you got this, man. You basically just have to go to 1K to go. And then it gets kind of technical for the last eight, 700 meters. And uh, so Probably with 1K to go, when uh, it started to get slower and more technical, I took a quick look behind and didn't see anything. And I was like, oh my goodness, I got this. I'm going to win this race. So yeah, around 1K to go, I'd say. And what was crossing the line knowing you were the national champion like? Oh, it was, I, I didn't, I was like, no, I did not just win this race. Like, you know, I was so in shock. I was like, Oh, this is unbelievable. Did I, did I just win this race? Like I kept questioning myself. I was like, no way. Like that did not happen. Like, cause this is the biggest result of my career so far. Uh, so, you know, not having many of these, uh, like not having many of these opportunities or not opportunities, uh, have many of these chances to win, you know, they're, they're so very few. And, uh, I was just beyond, like stoked to come across knowing that I won and just unbelievable. I couldn't believe it basically. It was just, yeah, pretty crazy. 
So, Adam, you've got uh, some big races coming up with Alex. He's going to be sporting the Stars and Stripes. How do you get ready for these, and what are your goals? So, oddly enough, uh, with Tour Tour Utah starting next Monday, uh, and with him having to travel in a couple days to get there in time to do team presentation and media stuff, because I guess a lot of people are probably going to want to talk to him now, which makes sense. Um, and then only having three days until Colorado Classic starts, you know, a lot of the preparation uh, for those those events has already been done. And uh, nationals was kind of the the final um, the final kind of form form display or form tester, like you could call it, or just final final push uh for these races and you know then he traveled home on monday or and then he's kind of just been riding easy enough to to get recovered but then hard enough to kind of keep him fresh and so we're, we're kind of on that soft landing aspect for these next two races and then as far as i know well and then uh and then we have another late late season addition um and so then, then the season's over, but that's, that's coming up. Now, Alex, you've got some huge events coming up. You gotta be excited. I mean, that, uh, stars and stripes Jersey is going to just be some extra motivation. I would think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So tell us about your goals for Utah, Colorado, and this end of season event. Okay. So, uh, We've basically been training for Utah and Colorado for quite some time now. Uh, all this training, all of July, has been for Utah Nationals, Utah, Colorado. Um, you know, I'm super excited to get to go to this uh, huge race, and you know, we'll see how it goes from there. But uh, so this late edition race that I'm talking about is so I got to uh, so winning the national championship gave me the option to go to Worlds. So I will be representing uh, the United States at uh, the World Championships uh, later in September, and that will be held in Austria, Innsbruck. Okay, I'm speechless. That rarely happens. (laughs) Adam and Alex, um, what was that like to find out? Well, I I know the criteria well enough to know that he was going to get asked, but... I didn't, I didn't want to tell him because I wanted him I, – I didn't think Alex knew because, you know, you're, you're, 20, you're 20 years old and you know you want to win U23 championships, but, like, the idea is so abstract until you put that jersey on that most, most riders don't even think, oh, now I get to go to Worlds. And so having USA Cycling ask Alex that, I didn't want to take away that surprise. So – um, I left that on purpose for him. So, so sorry, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> no, fine. I didn't even know when I came across the line. Like, that was not the first thing I was thinking of. Was, oh, nice. Now I just get to go to Worlds. <laughs> Who cares? You know, it's so refreshing to hear this relationship that you guys have. I love it. <laughs> oh, yes. Adam is amazing. I, I, I like Adam. <laughs> Yeah, well, and let's not uh, let's not forget that we do like we all we have our challenges, you know. Alex, 
is is 20 something years old and every now and then you have a bad day and you know the first few times you have to remind him like it's not the end of the world like it's just a bad day so go like you know go home like eat some pancakes and just relax because bad days i don't like doing that you know that (laughs) i know but sometimes sometimes recovery days are the most important thing in your training schedule so um i know He's handled it well, and I think Alex has a lot of great things remaining in his career. I don't, I don't see why it wouldn't. He's got all the all the tools you need to go a long way in sport. So it's, it's good to it's good to watch. Alex, I'd love to find out your goals about Utah and Colorado, but we're going to do that in our next show because we're going to be getting daily reports and updates from you from each of those races, and hopefully we can connect with you when you're in Austria as well. Yes, I would love to do all three races. Uh, anything you'd like to add here at the end, Adam? Uh, not, uh, I guess just uh, one one last thing about the race, and that's a reminder that um, Alex had a fantastic ride, but you should never discount that his team helped him a lot, even behind him being able to ride that tempo to chase back the break. He's, ba- you know, Mike, Mike, Mike Reed's covering Alex from behind, which is really uh, strategically and tactically, that's a big deal to even know how to, to even know how to do that and then to do it. And, and I don't know if it, if it would have changed the outcome, but it definitely was a, was a key component of, of him winning and, you know, hats off to, to Alex for for his win and definitely to Mike Cree and all the rest of the Avolo riders. Well, Adam Mills, Alex Hohen, thanks so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Awesome. It was, it was a pleasure as well. From the Over the Top Studios in Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. <laughs> ACAST powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. I'm Meredith Masony. And I'm Tiffany Jenkins. We're the hosts of Take It or Leave It, a podcast where we discuss all things marriage, motherhood, and everything in between. Join us every week where we sit down and talk about parenting, even though we don't really know what we're talking about. We have guests, we take your calls, and we get weird. Tiffany and I are just like you. We are two struggling moms who have no idea what we're doing. Join us on Take It or Leave It, an advice-ish podcast for parents. ACAST, A-cast, A-cast, A-cast recommends. recommends.